When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Ryan Lee. Touchdown, Patriots! Do you know if one will call plays when the regular season arrives? Yeah, well, don't worry about that. We'll, we'll work it out. The Rich Eisen Show. The Browns are considering acquiring Jimmy Garoppolo if Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension is extended. Earlier on the show, Washington State Athletic Director Pat Chung. Coming up, Denver Post Broncos writer Ryan O'Halloran. ESPN NFL reporter Lindsey Theory. Associated Press sports writer Josh Dubow. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Ryan Leaf. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. Ryan Leaf here, filling in for Rich Eisen, uh, alongside TJ Jefferson. Hey, that's me. Yes, it is. <laughs> Michael Del Tufo, <laughs> my Uber for the day, Uber and Mike. Uh, Chris Brockman. Mikey, are you charging him? What, what's the yeah, going what's rate? The, what's the Uber rate for an airport ride? I just better get five stars. When you know what I want? <laughs> what I want someday is just to maybe take a little, take a little uh, trip on that that boat. On the boat. Yeah, you'll be waiting for a while for that, Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Boat, the boat scene. I'm getting a bigger boat right now. I'm looking for a bigger boat. <laughs> well, you're going to need one if my big ass is going to be on it. <laughs> Always um, looking for a bigger boat, Mike. Oh. So um, last night we just talked about uh, we saw the uh, we saw the Patriots battle the Giants in the first preseason game. Yeah. And like always, I think Bill Belichick is at full season form already. Uh, our little press conference bit here with Bill Belichick. Check it out. Today's Bill Belichick press conference moment. Well, we prefer to win. Do you know if one will call plays when the regular season arrives? Yeah, well, don't worry about that. We'll, we'll work <laughs> it out. So have you decided? We, we're going through a process. Just like everything else on this team. What do you need to see to make a final decision. I just, we're going through a process. It's simple as that. Okay. It's just a little bit of a, an unusual situation for us that have watched you guys right, before. Well, and so, I mean, what do you want me to do? I guess we're just looking for a little clarity as to Great. why we're well, seeing what we're seeing. Yeah. Going through a process. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> You don't worry about that. I'm going through the process. Right. Uh, <laughs> what is happening? I know it's the first preseason game. But, I mean, these guys are used to that. I mean, the, the guys are in I that. Guess. You know, they're in that room. They are used to this. Uh, I mean, what, what do you, how about this? What do you want from me? Well, you're the head coach. I want an answer. I'm doing my job here, right? Yeah, but it's August 11th <laughs> yesterday. Like, yeah, Bill's going to give you the entire game plan and what coach is doing what and how they're going to proceed once week one hits. Hey, I mean, if you want to look at it from a perspective... That guy knew on the job? Right. If you want to look from a perspective of what do you do with preseason football games? Well, first off, the Mac Jones wasn't playing. The first team wasn't playing. You were getting your backups ready. You know? Maybe right. you're just you're getting them both opportunities. You know, getting, getting your backup ready. Maybe Joe Judge is the backup this year. Maybe Matt Patricia is the guy, but we're giving our backup a little bit. I mean... Who knows? Reading into something... I mean... You always go out and you hire an offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. That's like the biggest thing. Like in college football, the, the schools that allocate the most money to be able to go and garner the offensive and defensive coordinators are usually the better teams in, in college football. When you don't have enough money on a coaching staff to allocate towards those types of guys. So people have to be under, concerned and wondering like, well, you know, 
Has Mac Jones even been asked about this conversation, uh, this this piece of info either? Oh, I don't know. If he has, I'm sure he hasn't answered it. I mean, you know, we're just we're running the offense. It's the Patriot way, right? Trying to get better, trying to improve every day. Well, they've been getting killed like we've been talking about. You know, the offense has looked pretty bad and what, uh, you know, the practices that people have been reporting and kind of live tweeting, so... Yeah, I know. You know people the offense ex- is being dragged. People were excited to kind of see what's going on, and then you Mac and everybody's not playing, so it's like, all right, we got to wait another week. So what's the what's what's the young rookie quarterback's name? Bailey Zappy. Uh, Zappy. Zappy. Bailey Zappy looked pretty good last night. He looked pretty good. Yeah, he looked pretty good. Taekwon Thornton uh, caught a touchdown. Like Taekwon, right? I mean, uh, a while ago, Tom Curran said he'd be shocked if he caught thirty balls. I think we're way over that number now. He looks great. He, I, I covered him for Baylor last fast. year. Fast. Um, you know, watch. You know, I, I believe they're going to be able to run the ball well. I do. I, they always find a way to run yeah, the ball Yeah, they have well. really good running backs, too. And I do think Mac Jones is going to be a good play-action quarterback. And if that's the case, when you have speed like Thornton on the edge, that, that takes the roof off some of these defenses yeah. and puts them in pressure situations to cover. And I think they thought that Nikhil Harry was going to be that guy because Nikhil was fast, big, and, and big. physical. He yeah. just never... He just never, you know, grew into that. And just, yep, he was injured a, few, a little bit too, and just couldn't get over it. And it, uh, you know, it didn't work out. You know, he's having some surgery here. He's going to be out, you know, eight to ten weeks with Chicago. But obviously, wish him the best. But yeah, Taekwon looks good so far. So, you know, fingers crossed that we had the Bill and the Pats finally got a wide receiver draft pick right. <laughs> all right, it's been a while. All right, so, so having heard all this, Chris Brockman, what's what's more likely? Yeah, what's more likely? Let's do this, Mel. We got so many. What's more likely? Never say never, but never. All right, let's get right into it. It's Friday. It's what's more likely. We've got a bunch uh, here heading into the NFL weekend. Uh, A bunch of these kind of focus on the games tonight. We've got five NFL preseason games uh, going on, but let's talk about New England. Okay, Ryan, TJ, guys, what's more likely? A Mac Jones year two regression or the Patriots are back in the playoffs for the second straight year? More, more likely is the constant. What's what's it been over the last twenty years? Well, it's been Super Bowls, right? What's more likely that their regression is still the playoffs? Okay, right. So I think Mac Jones takes another step. I, I'm not, I'm not reading too much into the just last night for the backups to have the success that they had shows that there's an offensive system in place. Okay, right. There's an offensive system in place. They were able to score 21 points uh, in, in, a, in a game that Justin Tucker, Tucker and just took over at the end, right? You know, oh, sorry, that was in the other game, but uh, in the Giants game, they went 23-21. Um, I don't, I don't read much into it. I feel like uh, Mac Jones makes that leap. I think he was probably the best rookie quarterback in the mix last year, yep. and I don't see why that wouldn't, uh, how he wouldn't take a step forward uh, this season. Nice. Okay, let's go on. Uh, we saw the Titans last night. No Ryan Tannehill. Uh, but Malik Willis was 6 of 11 for 107 yards. Did rush for a touchdown. 5 for 38 there. Good all-around game for him. So what's more likely? Ryan Tannehill takes the Titans back to the playoffs this year, or he struggles and Malik Willis gets multiple starts as a rookie. I mean, this is always always uh, an issue once you draft a rookie quarterback, when you have a veteran on the, on, you know. Now, they didn't draft him super high, right? Third round. So it wasn't like he was a first-round pick a la Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. Um, so the pressure on him to play uh, isn't going to be immediate uh, unless Ryan Tannehill struggles out the gate. And this team isn't in the form that they were a year ago where they were the number one overall seed in the AFC. So I think a lot goes into what Ryan Tannehill does in this conversation. So until we see something from Tannehill in terms of uh, a true regression or um, not having the leadership that, that he's had in that in that organization for the last few years, I, I don't see Malik Willis getting much run other than maybe some packages put together. All right, guys, looks like we're going to see Deshaun Watson play football tonight uh, as the Browns uh, out so there weird. in the preseason game. They're playing in Jacksonville. Uh, so what's more likely? Uh, I'm just throwing this out there. Jimmy G still doesn't have a team yet. Uh, we're still waiting to see what his future is going to be. Quarterback to win more games this year, Jimmy G or Deshaun Watson? 
Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think Deshaun Watson will play a snap this season. You think it's you think full year for Deshaun? I do think it's going to be a full year, and I think it's absolutely asinine that he's going to be playing in a preseason game. Like, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's. I think Jimmy G, whether he's in San Francisco or whether he's somewhere else, he gets more wins this year than than Deshaun Watson because he's gonna he's gonna. He's going to play at some point this year. He's going to end up somewhere. Is it Houston? Is it Cleveland? Is it Seattle? Who knows, right? But he's going to be somewhere other than San Francisco, we believe, right? We believe. I'm still, I still believe there's a chance he could stay in San Francisco. He is. I, I know he wants to play, but I, I, we, we, we have to see what Trey Lance can do. And, that, and the organization has flatly been behind that. We have to see what he can do. Uh, and what the next step of, of quarterbacking at San Francisco was. But, I mean, what's better than an insurance policy of somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo, who's got playoff experience, who's yeah, played behind so. Tom Brady, everything. It's an expensive insurance policy. He's going to be making so much more money than the current starting quarterback. Right. So that may play into it. We'll see. But I, I do think that, uh, to your original question, what's more likely, I think it's more likely that Jimmy Garoppolo gets a win as a starting quarterback than Deshaun Watson does this year. We were kind of scratching our heads, still kind of wondering what's going on with Tom Brady down there in Tampa. So what's more likely here? Uh, Tom Brady is distracted or struggles this season, or the Bucks make another deep playoff run? I mean, you you got to believe that at some point, Father Time has, has to catch up with somebody, right? It has happened everywhere yeah. else. People say it. Father Time is undefeated. Yeah. Which is why I want Brady to get out of this one on top, so we can stop saying that. <laughs> I'd like it too, but I don't. I don't see how this this man, who is so committed to being the best possible quarterback he can be in terms of nutrition, physical mobility, all of those things, that he has any sort of downfall. I don't think he's distracted. I think that this is a a, a scenario where um, he maybe just wanted some time with his family, unless something else comes out that we we don't don't know or fully understand and it's not his responsibility to tell us either it's and it's only a week it's 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 a, a week in training camp days is like four years it's like dog years <laughs> i get it but when you've done it as much as him exactly it's, if it was if it was if it was his first year with the team would right you feel if it was kirk cousins even though kirk's been around a long time i think people in minnesota would be like this is this is a problem right this is the problem and there needs something to change um, that's not going to be the case here. He's going to come in and walk right into a season like he always has. Um, I expect him to be the starting quarterback this year, and I expect them to make another deep playoff run. I think by week two, no one's even going to remember that he took a week off. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably I think by 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 next week, by week <laughs> by week one, going into the like the rosters and the games and everything like that, like walking into Buffalo, Los Angeles, uh, opening night, no one's going to remember that Tom sat out for ten days. All right, guys, uh, some questions about teams playing tonight in the in the preseason. How about this? Who's more likely to be a legit sleeper this year, Falcons or Lions? Ooh. I, I, this is a good one. I thought Detroit improved last year. I really did. I thought they got better. I thought they, the emergence of Amon Ross St. Brown mm-hmm. at wide receiver. Yep. They played a, hard every game. They played extremely hard. Uh, their coach... Well, they're afraid if, of Dan Campbell. If there's their anything kneecaps. you take away from Dan Campbell and his motivational speeches and the way he goes about things, you, his players play hard for him. Yes. Okay? Absolutely. And that's that's half the battle. That really is half the battle. They play very hard for him. And I thought Arthur Smith's players played hard for him too last year. I thought they were better than people expected, but they also had Matt Ryan. And if you look in terms of success in this league now, don't forget – Marcus Mariota is a is a quarterback that took his team to the playoffs, got him to Kansas City. You thought he was going to be make it in that game against Kansas City where he caught his own touchdown pass, if you recall correctly. You thought he was going to make the next step. But Arthur Smith at the time brought in Ryan Tannehill because he, uh, he knew that Marcus couldn't make all the throws in the offensive system he wanted to implement. And now he's in Atlanta. The difference, maybe, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. Right. I mean, that's... That's a that's a different saying. Big time pass catcher. Big time pass catcher. So these two could be really compatible. So if you have to make me pick one or the other, I'd probably say Detroit because I oh. think 
that that division may be a little less competitive than maybe the a- uh, NFC South. You got Tampa, New Orleans, uh, you know, Carolina. We don't quite know, but they're really good defensively. So I'm going to say Detroit. More likely that D- Detroit has a better season and is more of a sleeper than, let's say, the Atlanta Falcons this year. Who, which which of those teams likely to hit their win totals? So Vegas has the Lions at six and a half wins. The Falcons at only four and a half. I would say Atlanta has a better chance of hitting the, the five wins than than Detroit hitting the seven. Okay, that's fair. All right, TJ, this is for you because I know you love this question oh, so boy. much. Hey, let me guess. Who's under more pressure? Yes, quarterback. <laughs> quarterback under the most pressure this year. These two teams play tonight. Oh my I don't goodness. even know. I don't know if we'll see either one of them, but... Get your damn act together. Under more pressure, Trey Lance, Aaron Rodgers this season. Well, I mean, according to Rich Eisen, Aaron Rodgers is under no pressure. I mean, obviously, it's Trey Lance, right? He he got, what, 13, 14, 17 draft picks traded just to get him (laughs) to to the Niners. He sat out. We don't know what this guy's going to bring to the table because none of us, save for maybe Ryan Leaf, have ever seen Trey Lance play a football game. Ryan, have you seen Trey Lance play football? I covered a, a college game of his. Yeah, see, I figured you did. I know I never did, so I don't know what to expect. It's very obvious, though. Trey Lance is under more pressure. Trey than Lance has attempted less passes than Tom Brady did last year in in his career. His entire football. His entire career. football since high school. Then <laughs> Tom Brady last year. Yes, Tom Brady. One season. What is that? His entire life. Yes, uh, or wow. at least from high school. From high school. What a stat! That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, like I don't know, man. He's definitely got to be. He only threw seventy-one passes last year in I the know. NFL in his first year. Yeah, and I didn't. By the way, I didn't see any of those games, so I. No, of course not. Yeah. All, all guards. There's a couple. There's a couple Debo Samuel passes. Couple that deep balls. Yeah, wide, but, wide open. I mean, don't get me wrong. They were they were right, wide open. Right. Um. All righty. Um. I I I was playing golf yesterday with. Well, do you agree with that last one, Ryan? By the way, I I. I, I Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm off that. I'm like, dude. Yeah, but he's only won one. I don't care. Okay. Like you've won a Super Bowl. Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl, right? You, you did it in the biggest moment, the biggest game. He did it. Yeah, like twelve years ago. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. And that was a conversation I had with this guy on the golf course yesterday. He was, you know, blah 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 about something about Aaron Rodgers, and I was like, but he hasn't won. Like he's been the number one seed the last two years. MVP. MVP the last two years and kind of... Looked pretty bad in the playoffs. Kind of a little bit in those games, right? <laughs> I know it sounds awkward for you guys listening out there or watching watching Ryan Leaf talk about Aaron Rodgers choking. But it's, <laughs> let me go ahead and give you... Just get this out of the way. Hey, Leaf, Leaf, Leaf was a bust. He sucked anyway. Why does he care? He can't say anything keep, about Aaron Rodgers. Keep Aaron Rodgers' name out your keep mouth. Keep Aaron Rodgers' name out your mouth. Who is Ryan Leaf to say anything about Aaron Rodgers? There we go. We did it for I'm you. I'm just saying this right now. <laughs> he, he, he had opportunity the last two years... At home, and that was one of the bigger complaints all along, right? I haven't had a chance to host an NFC championship. Last year, they had the opportunity again. The year before, I would have argued that they had uh, COVID, so there was a limited amount of fans at Lambeau. But last year, it was full go, and they couldn't even get to the NFC championship after being uh, beaten by the 49ers. So, yeah, I, I, w- I wouldn't say there's more pressure. There's more pressure on Troy Lance by far because mm-hmm. of the amount of that was given up for him, the unknowns, all of it. So, I, I get you there. Um I, sorry, Ryan. I just want to thank you, Chris, for not including Dak in any of that. I, no problem, that TJ. Appreciate no problem. Dak Prescott's got a lot of pressure on him. This oh, year. Come All right. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. That's true when your business is growing fast and even more true when there's a lot of uncertainty. Inflation is running rampant. Supply chains are clogged and the labor market is tight. What does that mean for margins? But not every business is in the dark. Over 31,000 businesses know their numbers because they use NetSuite. By Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, planning, budgeting, and of course, inventory. So you can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need, all in one place. In 2022, profit is the new growth. So NetSuite helps you identify rising costs, automate your manual business processes, and see where to save money. Know your numbers, know your business, and get to know how NetSuite can be the source of truth for you, your entire company. Right now, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. 
Head to netsuite.com slash richradio right now. netsuite.com slash richradio. netsuite.com slash richradio. All right. When we come back, uh, Ryan O'Halloran joins us to talk all things Broncos here on the Rich Eisen Show. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. Ryan Leaf here, filling in for Rich. Final day of this week for me, uh, alongside T.J. Jefferson, Michael Del Tufo, and Chris Brockman. Uh, joining the show next... Uh, uh, is a guy that that covers uh, the Denver Broncos for the Denver Post, but has a little bit of news for us, I think, in in future for him and what he'll be doing next. Joining the show here, uh, Mr. Ryan O'Halloran. Uh, how we doing, Ryan? How's things going? Good, good, Ryan. Good to join you today. All right, so so you know we're breaking news here. I, I know you probably tweeted it, but you know, tell us tell us what's ahead for you. Yeah, uh, I'll use this as a free advertising opportunity. Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm getting off the hamster wheel of NFL beat writing. I'm going to go start working for the Buffalo News next month with a concentration on some features and some NFL, some hockey, stuff like that. So so excited to go from uh, west to east again. Well, congratulations. Uh, we wish you the best in that endeavor. But what we wanted on the show for and is, is your expertise around around the, the Denver Broncos. And it's been a heck of an offseason, right, for this Broncos team. Uh, they add a uh, perennial all-pro Super Bowl champion quarterback. They've done that before, and it turned into a championship. Uh, talk to us about Russell Wilson, his entrance to the Denver community, the, the Denver program, and where we are a few weeks into training camp. Yeah, and you're, you're right. As this, this has been an offseason new for the Broncos. And, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson, ownership. and But Wilson's the big one there, and he was acquired from Seattle and yeah, they gave up a lot, but it required a lot to get to get a perennial Pro Bowl quarterback. And you know, he he jumped in with both feet even before the OTA started. Had his receivers and tight ends, even a center in San Diego for at least two sessions. And I think yesterday was a was a good measuring stick. Granted, there was no tackling, couldn't sack the quarterback against Dallas in that joint practice, but he just felt like a Christmas of the Bronco offense. Not a lot of mistakes, a couple of touchdowns. So um, I think, you know, and afterwards Wilson said probably further along than he anticipated, but then gave credit to his teammates for putting that time in. And I don't, I don't expect to see him tomorrow night, though. What's it been like covering him? I, you know, I, I've, I've spent some time around Russell. He sometimes comes off to many people because of how 
shtick it seems uh, and some of the comments he has, the way he goes about his business, talking about playing 10 to 12 more years. Uh, you know, he lived in the mindset of Trevor Moad, of neutral thinking his entire career. Uh, what's it like covering a guy with that much, I would say, confidence and unwillingness to see any negative in anything that he's doing or what he's about? It is interesting because when he's at the podium, he does have these built-in talking points. And he'll answer the question, if it's you know, a very specific question. He'll give you something that yesterday I talked about, you know, Javante Williams, the running back, tight ends. You know, he broke those guys down uh, really well. Um, so to me, it's if, if you know, that's fine if, if you're winning, your teammates follow you, which they are. On the field, it's pretty interesting to watch Russell Wilson because he's always in motion. If it's not his rep, he's walking around. If it's not his drill, he's throwing passes on the side. He's throwing passes after practice. So he is he is in perpetual motion, which sort of fits the personality of what he likes to do in terms of traveling all over the place, having all kinds of workouts. So it's it's uh it's it's interesting. I wasn't here for Peyton Manning, but uh, it definitely is the confident vibe that permeates throughout the whole organization. We had Peyton on the show uh, last time I was hosting, and he talked about uh, how Russell reached out to him uh, around entering that organization, how he can make things more seamless for everybody in the, ro- in, in, the, in, in the facility to make this as seamless as possible for them to vie for a, a, a championship run because they're probably playing in the most difficult and competitive division in all of football. Yeah, I, yeah, I think the AFC West is is the best in the NFL. And you know, one thing that Manning did, I was told when he got here, is he took ownership of this offense. I mean, you know, you had an offensive coordinator, you had a head coach, but you know, they were doing what Peyton Manning did best. Now Russell Wilson in a new offense with Nate Hackett, I do think he is going to get a lot of ownership in terms of what they do in the game plan, what they call on certain situations. So I, I think that's your common theme is this organization was, even though coming off a division title in 2011, they were looking to get back to the elite. Peyton Manning helped them take there. But Peyton Manning was the sheriff. He was in charge. I think Wilson's the same kind of, same kind of mindset. Hey, I waive my no trade. I like the skill position talent here, but I want to have a little bit more say in what we do on offense. Speaking of that, uh, um, um wide receiver talent and skill position talent we're speaking with uh, uh ryan o'halloran uh here on the mercedes vans van phone line um from the denver post talk to us a little bit about about that skill position right the wide receivers people really admired i mean there was talk for aaron Rodgers because of that in the offseason every every single year for the last two years um you know they've had some injuries but Cortland sutton uh you know judy all of those things talk to us a bit about them yeah, it's, they're not as deep as they were at the start of camp. Uh, Tim Patrick tore his ACL. That's a, that's a big loss. I mean, he's never made a Pro Bowl, but he's just a reliable guy. Three drops in the last two years combined. Big red zone threat. Since he got hurt last week, you've seen Cortland Sutton find his group. You've seen Jerry Judy turn it up a notch because they realize it falls on them now because K.J. Hamler's not practicing. He's their big downfield threat. They hope he's ready for week one. So, they, you know, they started off with depth. It's been tested. Now they really need Sutton and Judy to, to emerge, as well as a couple of the tight ends, minus Tim Patrick. Uh, the joint practices with the Cowboys have seemed, seemed spirited, have seemed competitive. Uh, I know I have a, a fellow co-host here who's really interested to see what the Dallas Cowboys have looked like through this process. Um, what are your expectations for this preseason game? Did you get most of what I think both teams wanted to see, in particular from their ones during these joint practices. Yeah, yesterday they were going on side-by-side fields. Uh, Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott both took a ton of reps, which, as you pointed out, probably means you don't see him tomorrow night. I thought Dak was lights out for the Cowboys. I mean, granted the Broncos were down. Their, their nickel wasn't playing. They were down Ronald Darby, the other corner spot. But I think as Russell Wilson talked about how his offense was locked in, I felt the Cowboys Cowboys were as well. But I think from a Broncos defensive perspective, what you liked yesterday is they're around the football, breaking up passes, which they haven't been able to do the last couple of years. And Nick Benito created some pressure, the rookie second-round pick. You know, coming off that edge, they're going to need that pass rushing depth until Randy Gregory comes back. But, yeah, I think the Broncos got through no injuries yesterday, knock on wood, that we know of. 
and they got some work in. So I think they felt yesterday was a success. I mean, this was this was in in the works, of course, for a while now. But you know, ownership has finally been been moved from the Bolin family now uh, uh, to the Walton family. Uh, what what has been the uh, process there in Denver? How have people been? Uh, in terms of reception of, of what this new ownership is going to look like after such a long legacy of a great owner and family that have been part of this Broncos organization for so long. Yeah, I think from a fan's, persp- fans perspective, you're glad this debacle is over. I mean, there were a lot of court briefings, a lot of sniping back and forth. Finally, the team was put on, put up for sale on February 1st. Three months later, they have a deal with the, the group led by Rob Walton for uh, $4.65 billion, which is a world record for a sports team. And if you're a Bronco fan, why you, why you should like this ownership group is there's not going to be – there's not a majority owner and then a bunch of other cooks in the kitchen. It's going to be really a streamlined decision process. And the, this Walton group has got cash. So yeah. they are not going to be cutting corners in terms of uh, facilities – they're always going to spend the cap. They're always going to probably be a Thompson League in cash spending because Rob Walton took over the team. He was officially the richest owner in the NFL. So, yeah, I think the Broncos are going to use that wealth to their advantage. Something. Something to think about. $4.65 billion for a franchise. Wow. Um, uh, I think what's been the, the the stalwart and the mainstay for this Broncos team over the last few years, especially under Vic Fangio, has been – the defense right now you bring in Nathaniel Hackett uh, an offensive minded um, coach and and everybody talks about they were a quarterback away from being a a, a contender Uh, how important is the defense uh, staying on par because a lot of times when you add an offensive minded coach things kind of tend to flip-flop and in this league offense over defense is always a little bit better but but in this scenario if they can get a defensive uh, performance like they've had the last few years and add Russell Wilson to this dynamic. This is a this is a team that that really can can make some waves this season. Yeah, I think so. And you know, defensively last year they did what they're supposed to do against the bad teams, which helped pad their numbers. But the two things that jumped out against good teams, they didn't create takeaways and they stunk on third down. So if they can be better in those two areas, and how do you get takeaways? You have a better offense to give you a lead. Opponents knew they could just run it against the Broncos in the second half of a lot of these games down the stretch because their offense didn't scare them. So, you know, the combination, Russell Wilson, Javante Williams, Cortland Sutton, et cetera, you know, if they can score some points in the first half, that's going to allow Bradley Chubb, a healthy Randy Gregory, Pat Sertan, a corner, Justin Simmons, a safety. It's going to create more of those takeaway and those pass rush chances. But, you know, as they point out during the training camp, yeah, the numbers were good last year they got to make more impact plays. We're speaking with Ryan O'Halloran, uh, Denver Post Broncos writer, um, about the the upcoming season for this Denver Broncos team. Okay, uh, last question as we get out of here. Um, we'd already talked about uh, how you know how competitive this division is. You know, Russell Wilson makes a makes a choice to come to this division where you have the likes of Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, and Justin Herbert. Right? Is is there a a fear uh, from from Broncos fans or or people around that they're going to eat their own in this division, and and at no point is there going to be a team that that could vie for the first seed in the, in, in the in the in the playoffs because of who they have to play on a weekly basis tw- twice a year. Yeah, I think hundred percent, and you know that's how you're going to probably see some of the predictions going. Is Kansas City? I think is still going to win the division. They should be favored because of Mahomes. I don't think they're going to get the number one seed because of, because those intra division games you got to play on the road you got to play them at home so just really you know three teams like the NFC West could make the playoffs this year but they they'll each have a hard hard road to get to that Super Bowl because they're going to have to win three games and maybe two maybe one or, or maybe two on the road so yeah I you know Russell Wilson the division didn't scare him but you know. He's maybe the third best quarterback in this division, right? And in the top ten in the league. Yeah, it's so it's it's firepower. It's, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Ryan, thanks for taking the time today and filling us in and educating us on what's going on in Denver. Good luck with the new gig. Uh, um, can't wait to see how it turns out. All right, thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Ryan O'Halloran and everybody from the Denver Post, Denver Post, talking all things Broncos. Um, you know, I'm I'm. I'm with them. I, I'm finding it a hard path. I mean, if 
Cincinnati doesn't upset Tennessee a year ago. The AFC Championship's not in Kansas City last year, right? So they, they lost that game against uh, Cincinnati. Uh, in Cincinnati, they, they lost the home field advantage to, to Tennessee with that, with that loss early in the season. Um, th- this year's AFC West is going to make it hard for, I think, one of these teams to be the number one overall seed and host an AFC championship this year. If that's the case, you got to look outside of that. Where else in the AFC could a team step up and make plays, right? Is it Buffalo, finally? Do they get everybody to come to Orchard Park? Uh, come to the cold and play out there, maybe, right? Yeah, I think everyone's certainly expecting Buffalo to be that team this year, to, to take over the one seed and and finally get to that Super Bowl that we've been waiting the last couple of seasons. But, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm super, like everyone else, I'm like super psyched to see how the AFC West plays out. It's just like, <clears throat> excuse me, it's so, uh, the quarterbacks, the teams, the the just the rich history of each franchise and, and now you throw Russell Wilson in there, it's, it's going to be really fun. Not probably a big surprise to most people out there, but I, I think the Chargers have a real chance at a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I think uh, Justin Herbert, you know. His, when the season's over, like I. I his, his numbers to lead the, the league in passing and touchdowns and the MVP year. And how he, they bolstered their defense. Anybody else, how know? they bolstered their defense. How they got a corner, how they got another pass rusher to compliment uh, Joey Bosa. Like, watch out, everybody! Right? I th- I think I have the the Chargers Rams call second to last week of the season, Ooh. and that boy, that could be a fun fun matchup with a lot of playoff implications, right? Uh, in Week 17, there. So excited to see what plays out there in the AFC West. Uh, I know that TJ is excited to see. Uh, the Broncos uh, battle the Cowboys here um, and and see what his Cowboys look like this year. Speaking of TJ, uh, every Friday we do a little uh, fun TJ's grab bag, and that's going to be next uh, when we come back here on the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf, filling in for Rich. We'll be right back. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Hey, everybody. Ryan Leaf here, <laughs> filling in for Rich Eisen. We were just talking with TJ during the break about uh, about the movie Vengeance. His buddy Ashton Kutcher, of course, uh, starred in that with B.J. Novak, who wrote and directed it. And um, really good, really good film. Did, did, now, did did uh, um, did John Mayer play himself in that film, or was he playing just like? 
What, is he playing himself? I think he, I don't think he was himself. Okay. No. That's a good question. Like, it was so quick. He was in there. There's a whole beginning, this whole monologue around, you know, these guys at a party trying to hook up with girls <laughs> uh, and just on their on their cell phones the whole time, just figuring out things and then and, and using this line, which is used throughout <laughs> the whole movie, like 100%. 100%. And what's the best thing about Whataburger? Uh, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's always there. It's always a Whataburger. It's always there. It's always there. Why do you love Whataburger? It's, it's always, always there. there. <laughs> I will say this. When I was down in Tallahassee speaking to Florida State, okay. after I'm done speaking, I'm emotionally exhausted. Always. Yeah, always emotionally exhausted. So I like to eat comfort. You know, I just, So I had them run me by Whataburger on the way back to the hotel. Mm-hmm. What wow. did you think? I've, I mean, I lived in Texas. Oh, okay. So, you so I mean, I, I know what Whataburger is. I mean, it's, it was perfect. It, it, it fits the line. It was there. It was always <laughs> it was there. there. And I needed I needed two, 2,500 calories of just like, you know, their soda was, their Dr. Pepper was literally 48 ounces, I think. Wow. It's, it's a giant. I remember when, uh, I remember when Cup, Jeff Cupper, who's the uh, uh, operations guy there in, in, in FSU, he hands me, hands me the drink because he was driving me back to the hotel. He hands me the drink, and I'm like, oh, my God. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> Because you you wanted a large, <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I and I drank that a lot. That is so much soda. That is right? so much soda. Forty eight ounces. I don't I don't know if it was forty eight ounces. I made hyperbole. It was big. It was huge. And then I had a double, probably double, like bacon burger, and then and some of their. Fr- I mean, it was. Now the question is, I'm going to be in Salt Lake City tonight. Where, where's going to be my go-to? You know, you guys have seen me all week coming with my oh, my. Oh, you have my meal food. preps and yeah, this guy's. You all know, about I've been it. on it all week. I've been sticking to it. But like tonight, after I'm done speaking, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna chow down on some some comfort food because I'll roll up into a, like a little fetal position and watch uh, Ozark or something like that and go. <laughs> I did a good thing today, but I feel like crap, right? Uh, and, and and eat some bad food. So. Um, maybe there's something in uh, Mr. Uh, Jefferson's big-ass grab bag here for us uh, that, that, that can influence this. What in the world is in that bag? What you got in that bag? Oh, yes, it's Friday, so you know what that means. Mike Del Tufo, kaboom! Guess who stepped in the room? TJ here, listen. In this week's big-ass grab bag, guys, I decided to pay a little bit of a tribute, a little homage if you will to our guest host ryan leaf right and how am i gonna do that well ryan what number draft pick were you in the nfl draft i was the number two draft pick in the nfl draft all right so that's what i did fellas i decided to dig into the big ass grab bag this week and i'm gonna give you tj's top five number two draft picks in the nfl of all time and with all due respect ryan you know you're my man right i do know i'm your man i think you and i have we've kind of had like a little bit of a bond you know we've become friends yes. i'd say so it's not disrespectfully i i don't have you in my top oh no <laughs> and i and, and, and i just want to get that out there Girl, that's messed up Shocking. i know it's messed up and i i'm going to apologize you were close but i mean you just didn't quite i didn't quite have you in the top five you and go i hope on that, youtube and get them back for this one, and right? i hope that that I'll doesn't affect our friendship is all i'm saying okay all right, all right let's all right. hear it now coming in at number five you know we like to kind of consider ourselves kind of you know like historians of the game and we got younger people watching so we always like to kind of teach them about the old school and at number five i'm gonna give you this guy right the legendary george papa bear hallis traveled to columbia university in new york to watch a player that he believed could become an effective t formation quarterback this is how long ago this was ryan and after watching him play he decided that yeah his instincts were right and he convinced the pittsburgh pirates later to become the steelers to draft him at number two and then trade him to the Bears. Sounds great, right? The only problem is this player decided he didn't want to play in the NFL. He was going to go work for his father-in-law's trucking business. So George Hallis went to his house, had dinner with him and his wife, and he handed him a check for $5,500. Now, in 1939, that's about hundred and today. And uh, let's just say this player decided that the trucking business could wait. <laughs> so coming in at number five, I've got Sid Luckman, the number two wow. pick in the 1939 
NFL draft. 12 seasons with the Chicago Bears. He led them to four NFL championships. He was an MVP. He was considered the greatest passer of his time. He's a pro football Hall of Famer. Sid Luckman was the Tom Brady of his era, so I felt it was only right to get him uh, the number five slot. But he's only number five? He's only number five, yeah. You know, the game changed a lot since that, since the 40s, Ryan. Still. You know? You know? But I think you'll agree with the rest of these. Very Coming good. in at number Very four, 2,105. That's a single-season NFL rushing benchmark, and it belongs to the number four guy here, Eric Dickerson. It's number two pick in the 1983 draft out of Southern Methodist University, just behind John Elway. Isn't that funny how we had that in there? You know, Dickerson, 13,259 yards rushing, 90 touchdowns over his 11-season career. That's still ninth all-time with the Rams, the Colts, and later with the Raiders and the Falcons. The goggles, the jerry curl, the smooth, upright running style. Eric Dickerson was just a man, and uh, he's coming in at number four on my all-time number two draft picks list. Coming in at number three, another Ram. This guy could be could have been number one. He was that good. The number two pick in the 1994 NFL draft behind Dan Big Daddy Wilkerson, who the Bengals took. It's Marshall Falk, and he's a favorite of this show, in particular Chris Brockman, who always raves about just Marshall Falk's football mind. But what he did on the football field, guys, 12,279 yards rushing, 100 rushing touchdowns. Now, you you add that to what he did in the passing game, Ryan, because he kind of took that to another level. 767 career catches, 6,800 yards, and 36 touchdowns receiving. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a Super Bowl champion. He was the rookie of the year. He was the MVP. Marshall Falk was the man. And Kurt Warner once told me he was the greatest football player that he's ever played with. If he's too low on this list, I completely understand. But I got him at number three. Coming in at number two, this man's nickname was amazing. He was called the Manster. The number two pick in the 1975 NFL draft out of Maryland right after Steve Bartkowski, Randy White of my Dallas Cowboys. You know, he was a one-time Super Bowl champion. And in that Super Bowl, he, along with Harvey Martin, were the MVPs of the Super Bowl. That doesn't happen much to defensive players, guys. As you know, he was a seven-time first-team All-Pro player, nine-time Pro Bowler, All-80s team, All-100 team. Randy White, number 54, the Manster. He was the man in Dallas. The Manster, huh? The Manster. Half man, half monster. Now, coming in at number one, this guy, the number one, number two pick in the history of the NFL— Guys, Bill Belichick, right? He's widely considered to be the greatest NFL coach ever, right? Absolutely. Wouldn't you say so? Okay. And for two decades, he coached a guy who many believe is the greatest NFL player of all time. Fact. Okay. But the funny thing is, when you ask Bill Belichick who the greatest player he ever coached was, it's usually not that quarterback. It's a linebacker. Coming in at number one, Lawrence Taylor, the number two pick out of North Carolina in 1981 behind George Rogers, who the Saints picked. (laughs) Where do you begin with Lawrence Taylor? Hall of Famer, two-time Super Bowl champion, eight-time All-Pro, 10-time Pro Bowler, Rookie of the Year, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year three times, and also, guys, more importantly, he defeated Bam Bam Bigelow in the main event of WrestleMania 11, okay? But that's just some of the good of Lawrence Taylor, but... Just like Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, Lawrence Taylor was a midnight rocker. And you, you hear about all of his extracurricular activities, you know, the, the stories of alcohol and um, other substances that he consumed at very high levels. And it makes you wonder, he was doing all that and still going out and winning MVPs and forcing offenses to completely change their game, their gameplay and to stop him. I mean, if he was doing all that off of some gin and juice, could you imagine if he just would have went to a season sober? We're probably lucky he didn't, Chris. It's probably like the same reason why we're lucky that Shaq couldn't shoot free throws. It <laughs> would have just been too unfair. So I've got Lawrence Taylor, the greatest number two pick of all time in the NFL. And uh, that's TJ's top five. That's a big ass grab bag. Let me know what you think. I like it. I like uh, it. I love the the history in it. I love the Sid Luckman to the Marshall Falk to... Uh, your Randy White Cowboys, and then uh, ultimately uh, Lawrence Taylor. And, num- I, I, and number seven on the list was Ryan Leaf. I'm just gonna. Ooh. I'm just gonna. I don't usually go that far, but yeah. So good to know. Yeah, good to know. Usually I'm number <laughs> one, but now I'm at number seven. So that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, Lawrence Taylor, I, I, a beast. I, I never got to play against him. I got to play against some pretty great defensive players: Derek Thomas, uh, Reggie <laughs> White, Bruce Smith. Uh, those guys who chased me down, I, you know, 
And yet junior in practice? Maybe, yeah, junior in practice. And maybe if, to your point, if Lawrence Taylor uh, was a little bit more on the straight and narrow, there may have been more of those Joe Theismann situations. <laughs> I mean, he he was a beast. He wrecked a guy's, you know, end of a guy's career when that in that moment. Uh, but he is, a, and then you go back to it, and you just you watch uh, who he is, how he plays. Uh, he is arguably one of the greatest to ever wear a uniform, maybe the best defensive player of all time. Um, and like you said, Bill Belichick coached him in New York under Bill Parcells. Um, all right, when we come back, Lindsey Theory, uh, ESPN uh, writer, uh, is going to join us to talk a little bit about the Rams and the Chargers when we come back here on the Rich Eisen Show. All right, so uh, we had somebody give us a call, right? We got we got somebody on the line here. Yeah, on yeah, talk. yeah. Our man Terzo's been hanging on since the beginning. All rise. Terzo, what's up, hey, buddy? Hey, what's, what's up, guys? Terzo. Hey, Ryan, hey, it's a real pleasure to get to talk to you. I like it whenever you uh, fill in for Rich, man. Your, your insight and the way you open up about your experiences, man, is, is awesome. It's, it's really good to hear from you and all the good work that you're doing right now, man. It, it warms my heart. Well, thank you, Terzo. I appreciate that. It's always, it's always humbling to hear something like that. So, yeah, I, I appreciate the call. What's up? Hey, so, Ryan, whenever you were drafted, I actually remember the day whenever I was talking to my dad. I was, uh, I was, I was full Ryan Leaf. I was like, ah, don't take the Manning kid. I like to, I like the big kid at a Washington State. Um, so I've been, I've been, I've been a fan of yours for years. <laughs> um, just, uh, just wanted to talk a little uh, Trey Lance tonight. Um, hopefully, you know, he gets a couple start or a couple starts of the, of a couple series. Um, just like any preseason, I just don't want to see any injuries. But I like to, I'd like to see him get out and, you know, have a couple throws and maybe, you know, catch up to Tom Brady and his throw, uh, throw mount uh, throughout his career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see it too. I mean, I think most fans out there, but of, of course, you know, Kyle Shanahan's not going to, not going to put their team in any sort of jeopardy if he's going to be the starting quarterback there. She want to get him some reps, of course, because he's had limited amounts of them. But, um, you know, you also want to keep everybody safe. And this team is, uh, as to their point of moving up in to the number three spot uh, last year, two years ago, to get him, they feel like he can be the difference maker. He feel They feel like he's the guy that uh, is part of a, a championship program that can get him over the top that's why they went out and got him and that's why they're moving on from jimmy garoppolo so it will be interesting does uh terzo you think uh you think jimmy garoppolo gets any run today or or is he going to be held out for 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 a trade aspect i i I have to think that he's probably probably not even going to suit up i'd have to think you know um i'm more curious to be honest with you i'm more curious to see what hat is going to be wearing on the sideline yeah, that's that's some big news. Terzo, thanks for the call. Really appreciate it, uh, everything. Um, Terzo there talking a little 49ers. Uh, we'll see how it plays out, right? We'll see what they do with Trey Lance tonight in the preseason, see if he gets any run. But when we come back again, we're going to talk about the Rams and the Chargers with Lindsey Theory from ESPN. We'll be right back.